0: Coaches, how's it going? Happy Monday to you and welcome to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for D-Line coaches made by yours truly, a fellow D-Line coach. So however you are listening, wherever you're listening, thank you for bringing us along on what promises to be another great episode of KYPD. Hey, so today is the second day of the Texas High School Coaches Association coaching school. It's it's virtual coaching school this year as the actual in-person convention had to be canceled. And look, I mean, it's weird. Okay. It's disappointing. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of like being a kid and you really want to go to Six Flags, you know, but instead your parents buy you one of those blue plastic pools and a, and a couple of pool noodles and throw them out in the front yard. But hey, kudos to THSCA for doing their best to, to keep things up and running, at least from a virtual standpoint. But it really is. It really is sad. And, and it's just tough that uh, we don't get to be down in San Antonio this year seeing you guys and just getting excited about the upcoming season. Now I need to tell you about another opportunity. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, another opportunity for you defensive line coaches that, that you have to learn and, and pick the brains of some other guys in our profession D line coaches, uh, you know, right before we get ready to head into the season. Uh, and this is an event that, that coach Peter Noonan and I are hosting that we're calling disrupt the pads, defensive line round table. Now For those of you who may not know, Coach Noonan is the defensive tackles coach at Pflugerville Hendrickson High School here in Texas. And he's also the host of Disruption Chat, the Tuesday Night D Line Chat on Twitter, and also the host of his own podcast, Hanging with Coach Noonan, that you should check out. Uh, Anyway, that's where we got the name. We kind of merged the name of our podcast with his chat, Disrupt the Pads. See what we did there? Okay. Anyway, he and I will be moderating that discussion, which will be done via Zoom and include a panel of D Line coaches ranging from small schools to the division one college level. So you'll be able to join us on that Zoom call and submit questions for our panel to answer beforehand and even be able to ask questions live. So it's going to be a great event. Uh, It's a it's a can't miss event if you're a defensive line coach or a guy that just likes to hang out with defensive line coaches. Uh, You know, you secretly want to be us, that's fine. We understand you're welcome to join us. And that's going to take place Tuesday, July 28th at 730 p.m. So D-line coaches make plans to join us for that. Uh, We'll post more information uh, on our Twitter page, on our show's Twitter page as that date gets closer. And you can also follow Coach Noonan at Coach Noon45 for more info as well. Now let's get on to today's episode. We have a great guest for you today coming to us from Temecula, California. Today we are talking with Linfield Christian head coach Deshaun Burns. Now, I was put in touch with Coach Burns by Coach Matthew Valmore, who was a guest on this podcast uh, back in May for episode 58. And not only did he send Coach Burns my way, but he also put me in touch with Coach Tremaine Jackson, the head coach at Colorado Mesa, who was on our, on our show a couple of episodes back. And, and he, he did an absolutely outstanding job. And we had a lot of great response from that episode. And I think after you hear today's episode with Coach Burns, that, that you'll agree that coach Valmore is batting a thousand when it comes to recommending guests because coach Burns brings the heat in our conversation today. Uh, he has spent a lot of time in, in, uh, coaching, coaching football, coaching defensive line on, on all levels uh, of football, ranging from you know, high school, uh, division one level, and the NFL. Uh, he played ball at USC, so he has a really well-rounded perspective with a ton of interesting insight. And so I'm thrilled for you to get to hear from him today. Coach Burns attended Rubidoux High School there in Riverside, California, where he was a three year varsity football starter as a running back and defensive back. He then went on to further his athletic career at the University of Southern California as a defensive back before an injury to his neck cut his football career short. So, Coach later went on to play center field for the Trojans baseball team before graduating and making the transition to coaching, beginning at Beverly Hills High School and later moving on to coach at Bishop Amont High School for six years. From there, Coach Burns went on to coach at the University of Florida. And then advanced to the NFL as the assistant defensive line and special teams coach for the Washington Redskins under coach Steve Spurrier, where he coached Hall of Famers Bruce Smith, Daryl Green, and Champ Bailey. Coach Burns is also coached for the San Francisco 49ers, where he assisted with the linebackers. He did an interminority internship with the Philadelphia Eagles. And he also coached at Texas Southern University, where he was the defensive line coach, defensive coordinator, and even interim head coach. Uh, Before heading over to University of Texas, El Paso, where he was a defensive line coach and then the United Football League Sacramento Lions under coach Denny Green before landing at Linfield Christian, where he spent two seasons as a defensive coordinator before being named the program's head football coach. The Lions have had plenty of success under coach Burns playing for a sectional championship in 2015 and winning a CIF Southern section division 12 championship in 2018. Now, interesting note here that 2018 squad scored 820 points, which was the most in the state of California that year and and the fourth most in the nation. So coach Burns and I talk about his unique coaching career and get into what it was like to go from high school coach to division one college coach to NFL assistant coaching a future hall of famer and and Bruce Smith all in one calendar year. Uh, It's a great story. We then talk about how All of those experiences helped mold him and shape him into the head coach that he is today, including, you know, shaping his philosophy and what he wants his team to look like. And of course, we wrap up our discussion talking some defensive line techniques. So a lot of great stuff to get to today. So let's dive right in. Here is coach Deshaun Burns on episode number 69 of keep your pads down. Coach Burns, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you on today. I uh,
1: appreciate it so very much, guys. It's, it's an honor. Uh, my boys from the, from down south from the dirty dirt. Good to hear from you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Coach, hey, you came highly recommended from Coach Valmore Matthew Valmore, uh, who I, I believe you recruited and coached uh, over there at Texas Southern. Coach Valmore, he's 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 batting a thousand right now on on recommendations for this podcast. Not only was he a great interview, uh, but he's He's brought me two other really great coaches, including yourself that, uh, that I, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Uh, so I want to start with, you are currently the, the head coach at Linfield Christian there in Temecula, California, but you know, you're a longtime D line coach on high school collegiate and even professional levels. And even worked as a D line coach uh, for football university for a time. Uh, but you are actually a DB by trade and cut your teeth as a cornerback, uh, over there at USC. Uh, so let's start off with just talking about your background growing up in California, how you got to USC and then how you got into coaching. Cause all of those are really great stories. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: I mean, I'm, I'm born and raised in the Inland Empire guy here in Southern California, Riverside, uh, went to Rubidoux high school and played football there as a running back and corner and was recruited and had an opportunity to go to a few schools, you know, across the country. And then came out and, uh, Played under a couple coaches by the name of Leo Brohar and then Coach Wayne Cochran, who was very integral in in setting up a lot of programs out here in Southern California. A modern day Catholic out of Orange County, I'm sure maybe you've heard of. They were nationally ranked. And then a Servite high school, my coach had a chance to coach there in those years.
2: And then Notre Dame High School in Riverside, and then came on over to us at Rubidoux. And um, I was a uh, skill guy running back. Uh corner um was a you know all american all conference you know all league,
1: all those accolades that they come with you know playing at, uh, it'd be equivalent to Division one or division six or seven a six a I think it's six a out there with you guys, yep. right? uh-huh. six, division 6A. Uh-huh. yeah division six a yeah division six a so it's equivalent to r d one out here, so playing a pretty tough conference and league with some guys playing up playing in the n f l and playing some pretty prominent colleges. Uh, in a league called the CBL, which we call the Citrus Black and Blue League. It's really called it the Citrus Belt League, but it was so physical that they called it the Citrus Black and Blue League. Um, so played there and then went on and, and earned a scholarship to the University of Southern California as a defensive back under uh, Larry Smith.
2: So we we're his first class recruiting from 88 to 93. So I um, came in, um, was blessed and and, and encouraged.
1: And so grateful to be on a team that was loaded with talent and in a conference and in a time where football was
2: really tough and hard nosed and it was just loaded with all types of uh, awesome football players, right? So on my team, um, Junior Sal was a red shirt uh sophomore. Yeah, red shirt sophomore, Rodney Pete was our quarterback, um, John
1: Jackson, Eric Alford. So we had the pack ten record holder in, inter- in receptions, right? then the guy after him broke his record and then curtis conway and johnny morton came in after them during my time and they respectively broke the record um and our secondary was a uh, mark carrier and cleveland Coulter, who mark ended up winning the Thorpe award and cleveland was like the runner up then across town was Aikman and and tommy vardell was at stanford and rose and I out Ro- rose was, uh, most of most grade was at uh, Oregon. So it was a rocket issue was at, at Notre Dame. Obviously, arrivals rivals and stuff. So great time to be a Trojan and play ball. And I played there and then I ended up hurting my
2: neck. And I had a neck injury going into my redshirt freshman year, um, academic sophomore, or excuse me, redshirt sophomore year, academic
1: junior year. Um, I ended up having a neck injury, which cut my career short, um, you know, at SC. And then I uh, walked on the baseball team because I played baseball in high school and, and ran track and uh, wrestled a little bit um,
2: and then played a little basketball. So I ended up walking on the baseball team at SC for Coach Mike Gillespie and played a little baseball there and had a cup of
1: coffee in Canada with the BC Lions and then went up to Merced and played at the, the Houston
2: Astros of all, you know, with old Astros in Merced for George Armici and then began to coach. Um, first job was at Beverly Hills high school on the Carter pacing there. And then uh, right after that, I went to
1: Bishop Baumont high school was blessed to coach there um, coach the wide receivers at Bishop Baumont and at, at uh, Beverly Hills. I was the secondary and running backs coach at, at Beverly Hills high school. And then went to and was a wide receivers coach year one. We were blessed. We won a, the CIF championship, which would be like, you know, your division championship in Texas, one of your leagues for UIL or whatever the case is there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we didn't have a state deal back then. So there was, it was really tough to be you know, national champs and all that. Although Dallas and was rolling at the time they were doing their thing. One, um, one in 95. Uh, our quarterback was Brian Russell, who ended up having a shot to play in the league with the Astros. I mean, excuse me, the, uh, the Browns and the Seahawks and the Texans. And then Ralph Brown was our, our running back who played in Nebraska and had a nice career with the Giants. And then, I want to see, went to the skin still, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Corey Minor, Dale McCutcheon, they came out of there. So the school was loaded. Uh, I stayed at Almont for six years, then had a chance to go to
2: New Mexico and do some work with Rocky Long and, and company. Many Rodriguez and those guys. Um, I was there. Then went to, uh had a chance to, to work at SC under uh, Coach Hackett. You know, we had talked about the possibility of doing
1: some things and it just the timing wasn't right. Then I was approached by University of Florida. Uh, Ricky Humley and Coach Spurrier had uh, reached out to me and then I uh, ended up going to University of Florida.
2: I was there for a season. Obviously, Coach left and went to the Redskins. And during that time, I had interviewed with the, um, Scottish Claymores, um, Coach Ray, he's down there. Uh, shoot, coach Ray was at Lamar forever. Uh, coach Ray Woodard. Uh huh. So yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Ray Woodard was the DC. I had a chance to interview for him and with the Scottish Claymores. He was going uh, to DB coach if he was able to pull the trigger. uh interviewed at Cheney. he be a DC there at Cheney University. And then had a chance to talk with Buddy Kevens, who's now at Dartmouth, but he had took the job at Stanford. And then I had been offered a job in Auckland, New Zealand, to be a head coach of a football team down there. Um, coach Frida took the job at the Redskins. I ended up following coach to the Redskins. I stayed there for two years. He's the D-line guy. Um, I was at Florida as assistant D-line under Ricky Hunley and the coordinator was John Hoke. And then a uh, limited-earns quality Co- control coach at Florida. Went to the uh, Orange Bowl. Played Maryland, Coach Friedan, and James Franklin was on staff, and Coach Loxby. They're all on staff back then, had a good time down there. We played
2: uh, Maryland in the Orange Bowl, and then, shoot, uh, January, I uh, was, um, that first weekend in January, Coach Brady becomes the Redskins head coach, and then uh, Coach uh, Zook Von Zook came in at Florida. So Zucker and I talked a little bit, and then uh, it just made sense to me to go to the Redskins with Coach. I was there for two years, and then, um, you know, obviously Coach Stein was done. And then I uh, had a chance to go do a minority internship and, and work with the linebackers and um, work a little bit with DQ, with Dan Quinn on the D-line at the San Francisco 49ers under Coach Erickson. And then
1: uh, took the job at Texas Southern, where I came in and recruited Cody Valmore at Jesse H. Jones. Yes, recruited sir. Him. yeah yeah, I signed him. He was a high-motor guy. Loved the way he played. Always hungry. Um, had a crazy, crazy motor and, and, and played with passion. Cared about the game. And it was probably one of my best uh, offers in Chinese. You know, just gave everything he had to the game. And really was a student and wanted to learn. It was really enjoyable and came like a son to me. So uh, I left there. I was at Texas Southern for four, four strong years. Uh, they had a coaching change. I became the interim head coach for two weeks. We played Houston when Coach Browse was there, and then we played Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they brought in Johnny Cole, and I went to UTEP, University of Texas, El Paso, under Mike Price, who actually recruited me when I was in high school. And um, we had I played at UTEP in 05. So I had, I, didn't, I had no clue it was kind of like a mini interview. Back then, I was coordinating, you know, and interviewing at, at UTEP, took the job at UTEP, uh, under Mike Price. say Lewis is our coordinator, came from Rocky Long's camp, you know, New Mexico. Stayed there for two years and then left and did the uh, Texas versus the nation game. Used to play over in El Paso in the Sun Bowl.
2: Um, coach Howard Schnellenberger was our head coach. And then I did that game. Left there and then did a, the uh, first year inaugural uh, game, uh, upward bound Pro Bowl. Coached that game. I was the West coach, West head coach there. And we had big daddy Carl Richardson
1: was there, you know, on, on staff and I just got my Kurt Barber shoot, uh left there and then took a job with the Sacramento Mountain Lions, the United Football League under Coach Denny Green. so i stayed there for a season that league, went defunct, you know, ran out of money. And then came back and um was with the Philadelphia Eagles under Andy Reed.
2: Um worked with Coach Zeke and uh Coach bobby April who was my DP coach um when I played at SC. And then took the job at Linfield Christian High School
1: and as assistant head coach and D coordinator at the time because i really wasn't into i wasn't sure if i want to go back down to high school yeah you don't have to get yeah. up in the show but um i have three wonderful kids and two boys that played sports and um we're coming back to the west coast and then you cut the teeth in the bible belt you know in texas you know in el paso and houston and in florida and virginia uh Linfield christian seemed to be a good spot and then uh I was there for two years as an assistant at D.C., and then our uh, head coach in the school part ways, and they asked me to become the head coach. I've been there since 2013. That's where I've been. And in the, in the process, I've done the football university stuff. I'm a core coach there, and then most recently, within the last couple of years, I began to work with the Hall of Fame Coaching Academy. So we'll go to Canton every year and then do the Hall of Fame coaching clinics and camps. And then I do... Um, Symposiums and train guys for the league and combines and then uh did some coaches' choice stuff too. Some coaches choice dvds So I've been blessed to say the least. Sorry yeah. for the long deal, but that's kind of been the road.
0: Well, no, coach, I mean it's such an like I said at the beginning, such an interesting career and it's spanned over all levels of football and you've done a little bit of everything. And and so tell us talk to us about some highlights from your coaching career, you know, up to this point and just some, some memorable moments or teams or players that you've been blessed to coach.
1: Well, shoot, yeah. Um Obviously, winning a championship is always big, right? So I was blessed to win one in 95 with Bish Baumont. And that was, it was just a special squad, you know, on that team. Shoot, three guys from that team went and played in the NFL. Um, Brian Russell, Ralph Brown, and Joey Gethrell.
2: Um, uh, won a CIF title there. Um, opportunity to coach at Florida, and we're number one in the nation twice during that year. We finished like number three, I think. But
1: just that, just that atmosphere, coaching the SEC, coaching the Swamp, coaching against the LSU and the Rohan Davies, um, coaching the Orange Bowl. And growing up as a kid, you'd watch the Orange Bowl. So I'm an 80s
2: baby, you know, 70s baby and played my ball in the 80s and early 90s. So the Sugar Bowl, right? And the Orange Bowl. Yeah.
1: Big back then, the Rose Bowl, right? So, January, you're watching those games. So, just to to coach in the Orange Bowl was huge. And we had a good victory. beat Maryland, and it was a loaded team. And off of that, Florida team, I believe, I think I counted one time, both offense and defense, both units, for the first team and second team on both
2: squads, 75% of those guys went and played in the NFL. And within the first four years of the NFL career, uh, six guys played in the Super Bowl. Wow. So wow. yeah, just crazy. Right? Yeah,
1: just, just flat out crazy. And the talent that you know down there was just unreal. So Alex Brown, Trauma Favor,
2: Leto Shepherd, Todd Johnson, um Ian Scott, Trauma Favor, uh, uh Andre shoot what was Andre's last name. Uh Andre Davis, Mike Matilde, you know, had,
1: uh Risha Caldwell, Jabbo Gaffney, Rex Grossman, Brock Berlin. I mean, we're loaded. Yeah, yeah, and just to see that on a weekly basis is unreal. And the NCC had guys too, so it
2: wasn't like Florida was sitting on him. right? Um, right. I'd say that's a highlight. And then coaching the NFL, you know, being able to coach and uh, um,
1: blessed to, to to coach the the guys that I coached on just the NFL. So on our front, I think we finished in 2 the number five defense in in the league. Our coordinator was Marvin Lewis. So I was blessed to learn so much from him. Up front we had Bruce Smith, Dan Wilkinson, Daryl Gardner, Ronaldo Wynn, um, LeVar Arrington, Jesse Armstead, Jeremiah Trotter, Champ Bailey, Fred Smooth, Daryl Green, on I know LAP, David Terrell and Sam Shade. That was on the defense, right? And then we got K Mitch and Eddie Mason and I mean they're all solid and they can play a fly round. And then we're able to play, um that was when the Patriots had their run, right? If you remember
2: in 0-2. Right. They right. won like the 15-year-old run. Well, we were the last team to beat New England in, in 02. You know, we were the last team to beat them before they went on that
1: 15-year-old run at, at Redskins Park, you know, FedEx Field. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of neat.
0: Yeah, you know, no I doubt. i deny it. No doubt.
1: It was pretty neat. And just to coach the Hall of Famers, you know, to watch Bruce Smith work on a daily basis and LeVar Arrington and Jeremiah and Jesse and then Antonio Pierce. Um, and the likes of, you know, the Darrells and the Champs and the Smoots and all those guys, and then see a Tom Brady live, to see a a Ray
2: Lewis, to see a Peyton Manning, you know, to see a a Trump candidate, to see these guys, to see a Brett Favre, right, a Garcias of the world. It
1: it was just really, really just um, amazing to uh, experience that stuff and know that you have a hand in it and then watch and learn from these guys and just see how pros work and just the
2: nuances and intricacies what it looks like, and then um, the NFL Network had just started. I think that year. So I remember being at FedEx Field or Redskins Park. Excuse me, Lavar's doing an interview for um NFL Network when they were just kicking off. So you know, just kind of being at the forefront of it. And then, um obviously, winning that we won a championship uh here at Linfield.
1: We won '18 and went in '15, so we've been twice to win one been pretty awesome and personally uh, as a player to win a Rose Bowl you know playing a Rose Bowl win a Pac-10 championship and play and win and win a Rose Bowl and beat Michigan and you know Bo's last game Rose Bowl and play against the young Desmond Howard and you know stuff like that it's just uh the game's been good and, and there are some memorable moments where you say wow pretty amazing,
0: no, you know? Yeah, no doubt, coach. No doubt. I, I mean, just a, a, a wonderful career. And like you said, you have been extremely blessed to, you know, to be around these, these household names in the game of football and these legends in the game of football. You know, when you're going back, let's go back to your time with the Redskins and you, you you're out there with, like you said, Bruce Smith, Fred Smoot, uh, LeVar Arrington, those other guys that, that are on that team, on that defense. You know, what was it like going out to practice with those guys? And what were some things that you picked up from just watching the way that they worked, the way they prepared, and the way they handled preparing for a game and an actual game day?
1: Well, I remember this. I remember being a young
2: a young coach, 32. Okay. I'm 32 years old, and we were coming to OTAs. And um, I remember
1: mean, Marvin Coach was pulling me in the office and just saying, Hey, man, you're 32 years old. And he sat me down and, and gave it to me real
2: and said, um. Don't be a fan. And I was like, Well, no doubt. You know, my, my my way of getting there was not atypical, right? Um I I really had to to, to bust my chops yeah. to get there. You know, so I, I couldn't take it for granted. So he's like, Don't be a fan. You know, you gotta go up there and, and you gotta you gotta give something. And he goes, You gotta coach.
1: And he goes, You can't be mesmerized. And I was like, no, no problem, Marine. And he sat me down and said, like, no,
2: seriously, you can't be a fan. He goes, you're going to coach guys that the Hall of Famers, that are Pro Bowlers. You're 32, and there's someone going to be older than you. How can you relate? Yeah, I'll never forget this. And he said, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And don't be a fan. And that just really just set with me. You know, it was are pros, so.
1: Can you make them better? How what can you give them to make them better? You spent realistically six months in college, a year in two thousand and
2: one, I was a high school defensive coordinator, right? Track coach, system basketball coach, teacher. Right. Yeah. In January two thousand two, I'm coaching international football. <laughs> and in between
1: that, I've had a stop at one of the top colleges in the country at the yeah, time yeah. and two shots in the national championship, right? With the 10 win season and honored one of the most
2: dynamic coaches offensively in the game. And one of the most well-respected. So don't think the guys don't, don't, don't know
1: your, your resume, right. And aren't going to test your water. So he's like, you got to be on point. You got to be spot on. He's putting me side. He said, Hey, don't be a fan. And they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And there was another gentleman by the name of George in GC, pulled me aside
2: and said, you want to make it? And I was like, yeah. And we're in just he and I were doing some stuff. He said, you can't have an ego and you can't have an attitude in this business.
1: And I, that just really stuck with me, right? That really stuck with me. And, and we're on a team where Bruce, Daryl retired in '02. Daryl Green retired in '02. And he was retiring on the heels of running a four-five at forty years old, right? Wow. So he had slowed down to a four-five. Wow. At forty years old, <laughs> um, Bruce was six sacks away from being the sack record king, right? The sack holder, the sack leader. So it was about getting him an opportunity to break the sack record during that year. It was just a big year for
2: a lot of guys, right? So it was what can he contribute? And Marvin just made sure we had a servant mindset and coaching. And he empowered you to coach and he empowered you to get outside your bubble. And I just watch.
1: I watch how guys were pros. And Daryl Green, I mean, I don't think people realize this. Daryl and Bruce played twenty plus years respectively in the game in one position. I'm sorry, Bruce played two. He played D and he played D tackle, right? A heavier D tackle with two eighty. Then he thinned out and became a, a in at two sixty five, six four.
2: So right? Yeah. yeah. Daryl Green Played corner for 22 years in the NFL. And he picked everybody off, yeah, right? he yeah. caught got Tony Dorsett from behind, right? Eric Dixon,
1: he been picked off uh, Montana. He didn't cover Jerry. He, I mean, think about it. Like, he didn't he cover all the great ones. Picked them off the Jaworski, the, 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 the Harold Carmichael. <laughs> he's a pup when these guys are on their back end. I mean, these are names now.
2: But just think about what he's seen, who he's seen. He's intercepted. And he's still doing this. He was 42, I want to say. And DG might have been uh, 42. And he's still out there covering dudes. Yeah. David Boston's. Yeah. You know, TOs. I mean, he's
1: running with them. A um, little side story we used to play catch uh, before the games. We, 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 had, a, we had a little um, tradition of warming up and we play long catch, you know, so I chuck it out there a little bit and let him go run under it. And we're playing the Redskins at home. And it was, the game was retiring. Emmett needed 100 to break the record. Campbell, I think it was Campbell's last game. And pregame, we're playing catch, and so some, some guys, I don't even know who these guys were from the Cowboys, but they come up and they tell him, while we're playing catch, they come and they say, hey, Mr. Green, you want to race? And I, it, I'm just, I'm stumped. I'm looking at this like, wait a minute, we're going to play a game these guys come up pre-game and they're talking about racing this man. Like, they want to race. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, he's a grown man asking this man. And it's not, a hey, Daryl, it's like, hey, Mr. Green, we're one, and we'd be so honored if you'd race us. <laughs> and so,
2: Daryl's like, man, no, I'm not doing that. You know, he's kind of being himself and just, you know, modest and real humble and, and I'm not doing that. And they're like, please, we'd just be so honored to be racist. And they, no, no, man, go ahead, man. And I'm just amazing. Like, They're going to be playing here in like another hour, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Two hours. They want to race. They're going to race. And it's all about how fast they work. So we're playing catch some more. And so I see them kind of line up, I don't know, like 10 yards away from girl. And they jog with them, like they pretend like they're jogging down the field, you know, getting their striders in or
1: whatever. But they're going at the clip that he's going at, right? And so the next time, they was like, really put it out there, like, "Wait, well, went out there for me." And so I, I you know, I put my back into it and throw one. And, he, and they're trying to run with them. I'm you know, seeing so just hit another gear and just hit that nitrous button, that 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 yeah, that that yeah. nos button. And next thing you know, he was gone. And they came back and they were like, "Hey, man, you are really fast."
2: You know, it's hilarious. It's kind
1: of one of those. Nobody I ever see,
2: but I, I just like wow. But here's a man that's done the same thing for twenty some odd years with one team. Yeah, yeah. And been a starter, like like you know, was a guy NFL, fast man, eight years. Those are blessings from God, right? I couldn't have written a better script. So those have been the moments, you know, watching practice. What makes him a pro instead of just a, a three year guy? You know, what gets multiple contracts and just instead of just a two-year deal or, you know, kind of a, a flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. And just picking their brain, you know, picking their brain time. Like, why did you do this? I'll, I'll drop another nugget. I remember Mark um, telling me, the guys in Ohio will always have a job. The guys in the Y will always be the boss. It was your job
0: is to be a white guy. And create wide guys. That's awesome. I'm, I'm writing that down. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to mess that up. So when, when uh, Coach Lewis pulls you in his office and tells you, don't be a fan, you got to coach guys up, and you're a young coach, you're 32, what did you do to, you know, improve your knowledge or to just have that confidence to go up and coach those guys like a Bruce Smith, like a LeVar Arrington, what did you do to, to sharpen yourself up and, and get out of your comfort zone to where you could coach those guys and not just be in awe of them
2: every day? to master my craft, right? I mean, so if um, a little saying we had, know thyself. So if I know who I am and the
1: perception of what I am, you know, I gotta I'll be ready to answer that bell when they when they ring it, right?
0: Because there's yeah. challenges.
1: Come on, man, you're coming with. You know, Schottenheimer just left, right? So there was a little dissension up there, you know, because Coach Schottenheimer just left, who was a darn good coach and, went and did a really good job at, at, at um, San Diego. Um, and we come in and work for his crew and. A lot of stuff came with, you know, spur's um coaching staff, right? Coach Spray himself. The first multi million dollar coach, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. And then, yeah, Coach Lewis, who was the first uh million
2: dollar coordinator. So Mr. Snyder didn't hesitate to to you know do what he needed to do to get the right people around. And I had to understand that people were going to look and say, okay, wait a minute. A year ago, and the media, you know, DC, New York, and LA, the media, they're, 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 they're brutal, right? They're rough. Oh, yeah. And they'll look some stuff up on you. So, yeah, I'm look, a, a year ago, wait a minute. National Football League, a year ago, this guy was coaching high school football. And in between a year's time, went from high school coach, coordinator, no matter how successful he was or wasn't, or what he put out, and what kids went to college with, it was still high school football, right? It was perception, right? Um. Get to Florida for a little bit. He's there from July to, to, to January 2nd, July 2001 to January 2nd, 2002. And then the middle of January, because it was right before the draft. So January, February, now it has got to the NFL. And he played DB, and he's been, bringing me, he's been a D line
1: guy. <laughs> he did it in Florida. He's coordinated in California and did all that, you know.
2: Yeah. Check the boxes, but it isn't the league, this and that and the other. So. Master your craft, really learn what can you bring to the table. And having been a DB, I
1: haven't underst- understood hands, releases, and the importance of hand placement
2: and, and the hand combat game, right? Um, I just implemented that. I found my niche. So, Florida just really worked on hand strikes,
1: hand combatives, the importance of using your hands in, in the pass rush game,
2: right? Nobody really talks about that. Got to have violent hands, guy, but there's a, the precision, right? Right. You you are a you are you are a uh, you're a
1: culinary chef with them things, man. Those are your ginsu's, you know. Those are your knives, so right. You got to be precise. You got to be surgical with these strikes. So I really just gravitated into that, and I just pulled the knowledge from my from my college experience. My big brother in the secondary was um, you know Mark Terry and Chris Hill. Who played for the Buffalo Bills and all those attempts that the Bills had of two balls? Well, every summer he and Andre Reed would come work out at USC. So who am I working out against it in the summers? Andre Reed
2: and I'm watching Chris play Andre and how they use their hands and how Andre would get off the ball and how he would beat the press. Come to find out, there's some martial arts in his background. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how do you implement that? Because it's all the same. I have to get I have to get a release to get to the route. I also have to beat a guy to get to the quarterback. Yeah. So there's combat. There's com- combatives. So I just really gravitated to that and
1: just started looking at it and what made sense and how do you do it? How do you become better and more efficient, more efficient and more efficient? And that's the reality, right? Yeah. You got to decrease the, the inefficiency and increase the efficiency and get to the quarterback in a straight line. So being able to bring that and then have real conversations with guys, like, like flat out, just be real. Um, we were in, uh, we we're in OTAs. I think my, it was like shortly after Marvin talked to me about not being a fan. I go out and Bruce is kind of waiting around. We're hanging out before practice and we just kind of have a real talk. And, it, and, and the question came, how old are you, D? And I was like, oh man, you know, here it comes. And he's like, no. said, like, yeah, I'm 32.
2: he's like, oh. and his words were all man. I'm, I'm 42, so I probably forgot more football than, you know, this is this, this, this the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, instead of um the big S on my chest and, and the
1: highfalutin, we're going to get the elephant out of the room. Bruce, no doubt. You've been, yeah, here's, let me give you, let me throw you a bone. Let me, let me give you some background. I don't think you even realize this. When you guys
2: played Dallas in the Super Bowl in 92, I think it was, mm-hmm. 90, 90, 90, 90 Super Bowl. Buffalo plays Dallas. I said, Bruce, where do you guys, um, where do you guys train at? Oh, yeah, I was at SC. I said, right. You guys are training at SC. I said, you know, Chris was like, yeah, Chris that's my boy. I said, oh, that's my big brother in college. So when you guys are practicing for the roles, I mean, for the Super Bowl, at USC on our campus, we would break and we'd go watch you guys
1: practice. Now, had I been a D-lineman, I would have been down there watching you and Biscuit, you know, Cornelius Bennett, you guys getting after it, right? Joe Talley. Yeah. You guys go do your thing. Instead, I'm watching Chris Hill and, and the
2: likes of the DBs getting on with Andre Reid and company. So, Bruce, I was watching you all on the same field with you back in the 90s, watching you guys do your thing. So I know I'm well aware of who you are and what you do and what
1: you bring to the game. Had I been in the alignment, this is back when um, posters were real big. You know, guys get posters and hang up in the room. I said, I probably would have had a poster of you up in my room. Instead, I had one of Dion up. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: had one of on yeah. and Les Hayes and, and the likes of those guys, Martin Hanks, you know. Um, oh, yeah. At the end of it, Bruce, you know, you got a job. Lesley, as a manager. And this is honestly, literally the conversation
2: we're having. There's somebody that's got to get you right man, and I'm committed to getting you right, man. I said, I know what's on the table. Um you need a certain amount of sacks to break a record and, and there's some bonuses involved and that's that's a great feat, great accomplishment. So I said, My job is to my exact words of my job is to um have you keep eating steak, man. You know, and if I eat the odd juice,
1: you get the odd juice of the fatal steak, then that's cool with me, but you gotta eat steak because you know, you're not always going to eat the steak, right? You know what I mean? It, 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 the cleats are going to come off one day. They, they do for
2: all of us. And um, and then it, it is what it is. So my job is to let you get the fat steak and to get you home and to get you to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. And you're a good, you know, good dude. you like a good guy. Our kids are roughly
1: the same age, kind of, sort of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when 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 we're at practice, our kids would play together. You know, our families probably shop at the same grocery stores. I said, So outside of work, man, you know, we'll get a burger, which we did. I mean, we hang, you know, we go get a burger. We played in a golf tournament for me when I was here at Linfield when I first took the job and they came and played a celebrity golf tournament for me and I him now, we talk. So I think we're a good dude. But I said, Well, when it's work time, there's a manager and there's a worker, and I just happen to be the manager and my job is to make sure you're good. And so when, when you're going home at, at, you know, practice over at four thirty five o'clock, I said, we're getting second round. Right? We're going to go eat. We're going to go shower. Maybe get a workout in. And we're hitting the meetings at 7.30 and we're getting home at 2, only to get back up at
2: 5.30 and do it again. Yeah. And when you yeah. come to work, you'll have a playbook. You'll have a um, scattering report that somebody's done. And that somebody is probably going to be me. Telling you to pull something out from 1988
1: Eighty nine,
2: ninety
1: <laughs> on a Jonathan Hogan who was even born then. You know, what I mean, hey, hey, remember when you did this back over here? Because it set you like this. Well, this guy kind of sets like that. Meaning that
2: this guy reports stuff in yeah. detail. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: so we had to have that real conversation. It's
2: kind of looked like, dang, you're getting personal. I said, no, I just want to be really clear that we're on this for the same thing and, and I'm here for you. And, you know, um, but I'm not going to, you know, uh, overdo it and try to be a big time Ryan. I I
1: understand the knowledge that you have, and so I'll have to call on you. You know what I mean? You got knowledge that a lot of these cats in the room don't have,
2: so you got to, you know, use your knowledge. Yeah. There's going to be some times that you're to get called on, and you got to share some knowledge with these young guys, you know? Because the reality is, you're not going to be playing every down. I mean, you got six sacks to break the record. Let's be for real. Pass down's are key. Yeah, yeah. So, first and 10, okay, you'll get it, but second and 15, well, you know, we got to get you going. So
1: let's, you know, let's work together. And, and, and we didn't have any issues really, didn't. you know, just being able to be real cause guys want realness. I mean, they
0: know what it is. I, I think that's huge and, and really showed great wisdom on your part. And also, you know, you're benefiting from great mentors there that you didn't try to, to to put up a front, like you knew more than you knew. And you were, you were transparent about, you know, everything. And, and I think that that immediately probably earned that caused Bruce to uh, respect you because you're, you weren't, you, you were being real with him. And then from then on, y'all could have mm-hmm. a working relationship. And, and uh, so when you're, when you're watching Bruce, when you, when you had a chance to coach him, was there any part of his game or anything that he did that you could kind of point to like, Oh, I helped him with that. Or, or that was something we worked on in practice because, you know, all coaches really, you know, that that's, that's the, one of the highlights of coaching is when you see a kid do something that you've worked on. But I can imagine you know, that feeling be, being, you know, even greater when it's someone of, of, you know, Bruce Smith's magnitude. The the tricky part is being, start claiming stuff, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, for me, for me. As soon as you begin
1: to do that, especially on somebody such as, you know, in a statue of he was a rookie,
2: you know, or wet behind the ears, it's probably a little easier, a little safer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But in this case, I'm the rook. Yeah. I can go, oh yeah, I thought him that spin,
1: move, no, 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 no. We talk and he and might be like, "Hey, what you see? Well, I see this,
2: and it's all about what can I do to help him be better, right?" That's what it's about. What can I do to help him be better? Now, we 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 ran a stunt. Um, we we're going to play
1: Dallas, and each Tuesday we we come together and we'd have um, we have some meeting, you know, staff meetings, and we'd be able to implement stunts and blitzes and stuff like that. And so, I was
2: fortunate to be able to in, implement, and we installed a blitz. Then we ran against uh, the Cowboys, and got him home, and then
1: against the Giants a couple of times we got him home. I think we, we ran it and it got in the, the record. Um, but it wasn't yeah, I taught Blue Six, Y and Z is more or less, you know, something we had talked about and under once again, understanding
2: the why behind stuff allowed it to be successful because it was him understanding how much his coach cared about what he was trying to do yeah you see what i mean yeah so
1: it was okay we're gonna do x y and z we gotta get this this we're gonna get this guy to do this and we should be able to do this and i should come home we're gonna create a, a two-on-one this guy can't win you know it's the personal stuff we knew um we sets the guys um knew what the preferences were in the backfield and what certain guys wanted to do and didn't want to do in the dissension. You know, it was it was I put a lot of time. in do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I had to present it to the defensive staff and I'm on the board. Like before it even got to the practice field, I'm on the board. And I'm getting hit with why. Well, what about versus this personnel? And what about that? And I gotta answer the bell.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Before it can get installed. Right. And so then when more presented in the meeting, it was like, Hey, and the guy's like, All right, okay, all right, Colonel called the Colonel, like, All right, Colonel. All right. <laughs> and and it
2: hit. Um but watching him go, I, I can't say, "Oh yeah, there's the, you know, there's there's my baby." It would be more conversations, yeah. like leading up to her. Yeah, don't forget
1: this, man. You know, remember when you did this against Anthony Munoz or something? You know, what I mean, like,
2: yeah, yeah, one of
1: those conversations man, like, yeah, remember when you're doing this, the young Ryan? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, well, you know, this guy hasn't seen that. Man, So remember, to think about that, you know, yeah, a little yeah. bit, you know, yeah. So, just so working relationship, right? More, more just understanding. Look, look, this is why, you know, why you got me AIDS, trust, man, trust, TTP, trust the process, trust, man, trust. We're setting it up, we're setting it up. Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, no, no worries. So you know, you can't, you can't, you can't do everybody like that, right? Yeah. It's not everybody, yeah. But the maturity, the, the, the sports relational maturity, the, the athletic maturity is not there for everybody. But you have a true vet, just do a vet, a vet man, and yeah. he gets it. It, it,
0: was easy. it It's almost, it sounds like the relationship between like a caddy and the, the, and a golfer, you know, like the guy on the bag is the one, you know, Hey, think about this. This is what you got here. You may want to use this club. Or, Remember last time we played this hole. you know, this happened or, you know, think about this and it's ultimately up to the golfer to, to make the, the final call, but it's the caddy who's done a lot of the research and the, you know, kind of the groundwork and, and, and thinking about the course and planning out their, their plan of action. You know, that's kinda of sounds like that was what that relationship was like between you and him.
2: Well, that's you're you're hitting it on the head, but that'd been my experience period in the coaching profession. When you think about good coaches and you think about the relationships they have, you think about how they interact and
1: what, yeah. how they get their guys to do what they need to get done, it's more of just some communication some interaction,
2: right? Yeah. It's not a dictatorship. Like here's the like listen. Guy, here is your lane. You got lane three. You got all of lane three. Okay? Yeah.
1: I'm not gonna tell you how to run in the lane, but you got the lane. Yeah. You can't go on the white right line. Don't go on a because 'cause you'll be DQ'd, right? But take all of the lane. Take all of it. Okay, what do you feel like doing? Just remember you got these tools, right? You got these spikes, you got, you know, you can be high on the turn, you can get low on a turn, you can run through the middle of the turn. You got tools. Yeah. Now, yeah. hey, use the you ever thought about using this tool? Oh, oh good 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 you know, good deal. Yeah. He's setting me like this. Hey, yeah, he's gonna start doing that to you, man. Remember, based on film, he's gonna start doing that to you. And he's setting up with this and you can get back to that. Okay, right, right, right. Hey, I was thinking about this. What do you think? So it's a more working relationship, yeah. right? Like, like yeah. hey, we're we're talking, we're we thoughts ideas off each other. If you you know, you coach, coach, you coach. Let's see, so you know what a good conversation on the headset sounds like as opposed to a bad conversation on the headset with yeah. your coaches. Yeah you know, is not the answer getting hot and, and that's not good football. That's not good coaching. What the, what are we doing? Guys, hey, we'll just run this. Just, just, no, it's, it's discussion. Man, did you see that? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get here. Let's get to this point. Let's get to this. And i come back with, you know, let's come back with this, like, you know, third play. This guy's really been, an open, we got him. Well, this guy keeps biting cheese, you know, set him up, but it's constant discussion like that. Yeah. When they come to the sideline, you get on head headset, you got the clips, you got the, the replays and the and the and the still shots. Yeah, here right here, boom, boom, boom. And the details, right? I think my ability to to reach the guys was just being detail oriented, right?
0: Yeah. No doubt. No doubt.
1: Attention to the details have the greatest impact in your life. So the question is how detail oriented are you? Right? Yeah. Hey, man, your toe's pointed out, so that's when you're coming out, you're kinda, your kind of, your gait's a little weird. But seriously, things is, is like your toe gate, like, you know, when you get out, your toe's pointed when you come out of the dance, or where that step was. Look, here's a steel. We circle it. We blow it up. Boom, look at that. Your foot's pointed outside a little bit, so that's why you, you couldn't dip. You know, that's why you couldn't lean. You couldn't bend. That's why you missed it. This is something Bruce told me. The difference in a million dollars is six inches. Let's think about that. Half of your foot. So him being the sack leader, because you know in the league a sack, a strip is a sack caused fumble. So did he get two hundred and two sacks? Did he sack the quarterback two hundred and two times? Like physically hit him and take him to the ground? Probably not. Half of those, or maybe more than half, were strip caused fumbles. Right, strip sack caused fumble. If you're six inches away, it's just a drive by it, and the quarterback gets it off in first and ten. Right. Yeah. So I just I just took that and ran with it, and just stayed with that. You know, the difference in a million dollars is six and a half your foot. Yeah. Your grown man got a 12 inch foot, half of your foot is a difference in a million dollar check and, and being on the bench or being on
2: the streets, a scholarship or being just considered a good high school guy. I mean, that's the difference. So the details, man, you got to get a little closer, cut the edge, you know, and get a shorter corner. How are you going to do that? We'll do this and do that. Okay. Right. I never thought about that. Yeah. Think about that setting up where he's prime. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. So I've been more around that type of interaction with coaches, the players which allowed me to, to understand that there's a way
1: to get to him. Then the other side, watching a coach curse curse a guy out, I just have not had a ton of success or watching that happen, especially in the league. You're men. There's attitudes, right? There's egos. There's dollars involved. There's guys to shut it down
2: to do my job. I got the A gap. What about the B gap? I got the A gap. <laughs> Can you fire me? I got the A gap. But the guy ran the B gap. I got the
1: A gap. Right. It's the A gap. You could have shed him and made the play. Job with the A gap. Can't grade me down for doing my job, right? I'm in the A gap. Somebody should be in the B gap. Now, when he's feeling good, what's he going to do? Share the dude, knock the dude back, get rid of him, throw him in the A gap. He'll be in the B gap. He'll make the play. And there's, man, this guy's a ball player, right?
2: Right. Right. But if I'm dogging you out and mother effing you and, and going off on you, what's the likelihood of you like really responding to that?
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I think coach, that's just, that's, um, that's great to hear, especially that that sort of coaching isn't just limited to, to, you know, it doesn't just work on the high school level, but it works on all levels. And and now that you are the, the, the head coach and you're the guy calling the shots and you're the guy setting the culture for your team, how have all these experiences from the university of Florida to Washington Redskins to uh, working with the 49ers to Utah, how do all those experiences now help you and have they molded you into the head coach that you are now and, and impact who you are as a head coach? Well, we do in the
1: real, so I don't sugarcoat anything. And, and the goal is to have, we're a college preparatory school academically. So when i be a college preparatory school athletically. So what good does it do me to have coached in the league and coaching college and have those experiences and know what that looks like and then dummy it down, if you will, and come back to the high school level like, uh, we're just gonna do it like this. Even though I know that it can be you can turn the juice up a little bit,
2: right? Yeah. And I can I can demand a little bit more. Because guys are resilient, people want to learn, and they like discipline. I mean you want it, excuse me. You don't like it necessarily, but you want it. Right? You don't want lawlessness, you really don't. None of us really want lawlessness. And those that are successful can't stand lawlessness. You gotta have structure, you gotta have discipline. So what good for me. If I come in and I um have all this knowledge and have all this experience, I don't share to try to create the culture. Instead we're gonna come in and we're gonna set the standard. This is what it is, and we're gonna pull on it. So our guys see film. Look, you think I'm making this technique up, you think I'm pulling out of the air. No, no, this is what if, if
1: this you're gonna do the same thing that Bruce Smith was doing. you might not do it as fast if you're gonna do it, right? Your right. skill set is your skill set. His skill set his skill set.
2: That doesn't mean you can't do it. That doesn't mean we can't run it this way. So we're going to, we run at Linfield what we ran at the Redskins, what we ran at Philly, what we ran at Utah,
1: what we ran at Texas. Southern. We're running the same, we're running these defenses. The same jargon, the same terminology,
2: the same concepts, the same movements, the same tempo. Like it's fast. Tempo is tempo, is tempo right? Yeah. I
1: don't have a a champ Bailey. I got a kid that can run, and he's gonna play as fast as he can play. And we're gonna fly around and we're gonna do these core things. So when that becomes your standard, it's simple. Do I want to play here? Yes. What does it look like to play here? It's not an expectation, coach, because I can't expect you to be invested in this as I am. I got a different dog in the fight. Right? I'm a head coach. So at the end of the day, you can decide you don't want to coach anymore. You can say you want to transfer. I'm still the head coach, and you've gone on a greener pasture, so you think, right?
2: I'm still responsible. So for me to think that you're as vested as I am, that's crazy on my part. But you better understand what the standard is to be here and what it looks like, because the ones that came before you, this is what it looked like, and the ones that, that are here with you, this should look like the ones that come after you. This is the standard. So we, we talk that way, and then we get guys in to reaffirm, what we're talking about. And they don't it doesn't deviate, right? We we um I'm a big acronym guy. Um KTT and right, keep the main thing the main thing. This period. So when guys come in if they play for me in two thousand and eleven, they're still there, they'll tell you keep the main thing the main thing. And DYJ, do your
1: job. If you play for me at Bishop Mont in ninety five or ninety four or ninety six or ninety nine or two thousand, hey do your job the main thing, the main thing. If you play to Florida for me, hey, do your job. Keep the main thing, the main thing. right? So when our guys have access to that, because guys will come back and, and I'll put our team around these guys.
2: Guys come in and speak to the team. We have kids that have gone off to play college football and they're doing really well. And they'll come back and talk to their team. They'll talk to the, to
1: the guys. So it's not just some, some far, you know, some land a make-believe and all would be
2: so neat no it's it's tangible it's in, it's in your face and you're hearing it and then I've been blessed to have some guys uh, Daryl Green came out in 2013 and um, we did a golf tournament and he was kind of the, the marquee guest for the golf tournament and then he spoke to our football team it was like the second round of the playoffs and we're, we're going to play a team and they had us out man you know and
1: they were like number two in their division and number two in their league and they were playing us and I think we got in it. Now we might have gotten in the first place or second place. I'm not sure. Um, But it's supposed to
2: be a good game and they're supposed to be pretty loaded. And so our kids are hearing from Dale Green, right? Yeah. I don't know how many other guys get a chance to have that. they are hearing from a, a, a Quentin Corriott who's coming down and putting on a little clinic. And they're talking and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's flat out open. I'm not dictating how they talk. Hey, it's 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 open discussion, man. It's open floor. Ask what you want to ask, and and guys, be honest, be open. So but then, if, if I keep hearing it, if I hear from Ty, they hear from Valmore, they hear from Burns, then I hear from Coach Jesse H. Jones, then I hear from the coach over at Allen High School, then I hear from the coach from Flugerville, right? And I hear from the coach from Lufkin. Well, dang, some I they all can't be wrong, can they? That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So if I were to just come and shadow you and, and just walk around uh, and, and maybe be at a practice with your team, with your program, what are some things that I would pick up on or that you would hope that I would see? You
2: no know, walking on the field, fly around, organized, disciplined, tough, play fast, respectful and accountable. Not, nothing has to do with football, but every it has everything
1: to do with how you play it,
0: right? <laughs> no doubt.
1: Period. You know, I uh, get them a chance to talk. We do whatever. Okay, but when it's time to get to work, time to get to work. So we have a couple of key words. I might say, line's ready. No, clap back, ready, ready. Clap your hands. And that means we're locked in. I don't want to hear any discussion. You know, no other extra talking. You're lined up. You're, you know, we're, we're practicing. We're moving. Coaches don't walk. I don't want you walking. Coaches don't walk. I don't walk. We're turned up. We're geeked up. We're flying around.
2: We're demonstrating. I want you coaching. There is no perfect play. There's no guy who's done it, done it well. Um, I, I was blessed and had the good fortune to coach my kids. It was also a curse because I didn't want to coach my kids,
1: right? I didn't want to put that pressure on them. I didn't really want to be in that. I, I didn't want to do that. Especially kids that are from a coach's son, right? I mean, from a coach who they've been around, they've seen a lot. So the pressure's high. I played college ball with OJ Simpson's kid and Matt Buckus, uh, uh, Dick Buckus' son, Matt, and those pressures are high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your dad's a Hall of Famer and he's this and that. Uh, man, every day you got to be on that. I really didn't want to do that. I just wanted like, my kids, are, their identities were their identities. But you know
2: what? They'll get the same hot sauce. They'll get the same discipline. I might even be tired. I, I can't say mine. I know I'm tougher and been tougher on them. I kicked my kids out of a meeting
1: because I thought they might have been asleep. I think my oldest put his head down. He did something, scratched his head, and tilted his head in the meeting room, and I kicked him out. It's not <laughs> funny, but i was like, make it out get out. And he's like, what? And I was like, now you're sleeping. like he looked at me. He didn't, and he didn't clap back and say, oh, no, I'm not sleeping. I was like, get out. I'll sleep in my meeting. Just the fact I thought he might have been sleeping, right? You know what I mean? But I'm coming from the tilt of in the meet. You're fine for that, right? You're in trouble, like in, in the league. You can get fined for this stuff. So one of his desires, one of his goals was to go to college and eventually he wants to play in the NFL. Well, if that's what you want. Then I got it. I got to give it to you how you want it. And that's what it looks like. So you know, hey, you've got to be above board, and that's how we operate. So anybody can get the smoke, as these kids like to say, right? Anybody can yeah. get the smoke. They're not doing
0: right. You, you mentioned your son. So, you, you know, you went, you went through the mm-hmm. recruiting process as, as a player, and then again as, as a parent with, with your two boys. So what advice would you give to, to, first of all, athletes when it comes to recruiting, and then what advice would you give to their parents?
1: You know, kill the white noise. Don't pay attention to the white noise. And there's a lot out there. I know there's going to be some people who are going to be really upset at what I'm about to say, but I got to tell you honestly. Do not go chasing stars. It, it's not it's not a healthy thing, right? Star chasing is not a healthy thing. Okay, um,
2: you do the research. How many five stars go and make big noise when they get to the next level from high school to college? You know, just look that up. Yeah. Look that re- you know look yeah. that research up. The most of your impact players are three star guys. Okay. The number one running back in the Pac-12 for years, the last three or four years. Do you know who that was? I don't. By any chance? Nope. J.J. Taylor. I strongly advise
1: that you look J.J. Taylor up. When you get off the phone or whatever, look up, look up his highlights from, look up his exactly. He was a three-star player at a Corona Centennial. You ever heard of Corona Centennial? Never heard of here? it. Never heard of it. Number one team. And then they ran, they played the Boscos and the modern days and the De La Sals and they do it. Logan does a great job. They're their power off sprint. Montez Burfitt, hurt heard him.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. He's from there. JJ. Okay. I mean, they're there, guys. They, they've had these. Corey uh, Foreman, he's at SC, number 99 at SC. Um, am uh, a Centennial guy. They do a
2: really good job. Okay. Uh, McKinley, the wide receiver at Notre Dame. Yep. Uh-huh. Hey, Centennial guy. No, okay. Centennial guy. Um, They do a really good job. This kid was the number one. He was the back of the year in California. State back of the year. I was a player of the year. California. Four-time CIF champ. All-American, all this stuff. He was a three-star guy with three offers. Northern Arizona, Montana State, and Arizona. And he was short. Five, seven. Nobody knew he was a junior Olympic national
1: champion. 300-meter hurdler. He was a 300-meter hurdler in high school. You watch his film and you'll see it. You understand it, right? Yeah. He goes up. Arizona, he's a three star guy, but he's a consensus all American. He's up for the Dope Walker. He's on the he's on the short list there. He finishes um a twice, unanimous decision, you know, Pac twelve, uh running back is your first team, Consensus All American, this and that. He's in the rushing record books
2: at University of Arizona. Well, guess what he's gonna be doing? Playing for the New England Patriots as a spot receiver. Wow. And he wasn't chasing stars, right? Yeah. So in the recruiting process, YJ, man, there's where coaches are paid to find them. I'm coached at Florida Division One, right? Yeah. Pretty good program. Yeah, Coach at UTEP, a mid-major decent program. of Texas Southern Division One Double A HBCU. Homer Michael Strahan, Homer Kenny Burroughs, Homer Brett Maxey. Okay. The conference from which Steve McNair
1: came from, Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, Mean Joe Green, Doug Williams, James Harris. Um, May you rest in peace, Gavares Jackson, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Landry, the Dean that played for the Cowboys out of Grambling, it was Bruce Eugene, from old good old Grambling. No, he didn't get a shot, but he broke all these records. So the conference is not shabby now. Right. Not shabby at all. Okay. We'll find you. We'll find you. Your stars mean nothing to the guys because
2: there's a guy down in Bell Florida, is chasing rabbits right now, coach. He can't get to a camp. He don't have the money to get to the camp. All he does is chase rabbits in the hurricane field right now. You, you know about that, right? Yeah. Who was that? That
1: was uh. the Bill glades, Glade Central, Glade. You know, Glade down yeah. there in Bill yeah. Glade, Ford. Yeah. It was on ESPN on 60 Minutes. Yeah. yeah the history of the rabbit. That's right. That's right. They, they do that. They they really do that. They go chase rabbits in can't fields with machetes, and they're, 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 <laughs> and they're being burnt down. They're chasing rabbits in smoke. <laughs> and they're catching 50, 60, 70 rabbits so they can run the football. I don't have $300 to give on a plane ticket and another $200 to go to a camp. All I do is chase rabbits, man. If I'm trying to go off the star and, okay, he's a five star and this hasn't recorded,
2: man, you're going to miss. So go do your job. The MVP of the Super Bowl was, was Edelman a couple years ago or Amadola, one of the two, right? Edelman? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Edelman,
2: okay. yeah. Was he a, a
0: yeah, D two quarterback, right? Yep. Or he uh, he was a quarterback at okay. Kent State. Small school. Yeah.
2: Quarterback.
0: Quarter
2: yeah, quarterback. Right. Quarterback. He's the MVP of, so how many nine rocks did he run on the Super Bowl? Do you remember that? Uh uh-uh. uh. None. <laughs> but he is the M V P. Yeah.
1: And he's not six foot three and mother yeah. four three and his take his uniform off. He looked like Batman without the uniform, right? The muscles on his muscles. He didn't look like that, but that dude was breaking everybody off, man. So I think in the recruiting game, people get caught up with all this white noise and, and they don't, they forget that coaches are paid to go find them. If you don't find them, you get fired. I can't go recruit California and come home with an empty, like with an empty notebook. I have schools I have to hit and I got a shopping list and I got to come back with that list. If they if my man needs six five two fifty,
2: I better bring six five two fifty back. I, I can't deviate. Period. My boss says six five two fifty. I gotta bring it back. And all you want is a shot. So that academics, a lot of people put a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of pressure and heat on their athletic play. You better have your grades right. I've seen so many kids miss the boat because they weren't academically sound. And there's no there's no room for that. You gotta have your academics right. So the things that people think get you recruited are not, right? The film that you think you need to put together to get you recruited is not what we're looking at as coaches. A highlight film is a highlight film for a reason, Ty. It shows your best plays, right? Right. What about when the plays away? And I'll finish it this I'll let you get to the next question. Um you ever seen Ben Watson, the hustle play by Ben Watson?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Uh uh-uh. uh.
2: You got to look it up. Patriots are playing the Broncos. The Patriots lose. Oh. Brady throws an interception. Champ Bailey picks it off about four yards in the end zone. He's going to house
1: It's going to be a 104 yard interception return for a touchdown. Longest in history, uh, you know, for that year. Going to record books, right? Ben Watson's on the other side of the field, a tight end split out. They got him flexing. He's running around. I think it's an out route, like a seven route. He ran and chased and got champ at the one yard line, hit him. The ball goes out of
2: the back of the end zone. What is that? A touchback. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Hustle play. That play right there is in the annuals. Guys want to see what happens when the plays away. How hard are you playing? Cause here's the brass tack. My job is, is, is relying on an 18- to 23-year-old young man, how my kids eat, where they sleep at night, where they go to school, where we shop, what kind of car I drive, depends on an 18- to 23-year-old young man. So if he's not focused and he doesn't have a work ethic, I'm not going to be there for long. I got to get the guys that want to be there because I want to be where I want. She best
1: believe you're going to have, you have a sense of urgency about being somewhere.
0: Cause I want to be there. <laughs> right. Yeah. No doubt. Right? Does that make sense? No doubt. Yes, sir. It, it sure does. And, and I think you're right. I, I, I think that, um, we get so caught up in the hype that, that we do lose, lose our way a little bit in in what really matters. And, and, you know, we get so caught up in making these camps and these showcases and, and, as you said, you know you're good enough they're going to find you. Um, you know Jerry Rice comes out of Mississippi Valley state you know to kind of go back to to reference you know similar player to what you were talking about earlier and and you have a you know all the time you have these guys uh, who who just kind of come out of nowhere and are just grinders and they and they're you know didn't didn't catch a lot of attention coming out of high school but end up making it and, and sticking around because of all those things that you were talking about those intangible things uh, that they, that they have so I do want to, before we get you out of here, I do want to talk about some defensive line stuff because I know that's in your wheelhouse and I know you're, you know, yes, you know how long you, however long you're going to be a head coach, you're always going to be a D line guy. Just, yes, just talk indeed. to me about this as much as you can. And, and, you know, in, in the time that we have left, what, if I were to ask you, you know, Hey, what's your philosophy when it comes to coaching defensive line? And what are some of the most fundamental skills that you feel like all D linemen have to be good at if they want to be successful at their position? I have an acronym, um, two of them. One's
1: S-A-T-A, stance, alignment, technique, and assignment. Having the proper stance, you know, stance sets everything up. If your stance is off, then your alignment's probably off. If your alignment's off, then your technique is probably going to be off, and then you can't do your assignment. Okay? So you got to have the right stance. All depending
2: on, you know, the the defense, right? Um, My guys know right and left-handed stances. They're important. You understand shades. Um, that's been from day one. You got to be able to get in the right hand stance. You got to be able to get in the left hand stance. You got to be able to play a three. You got to be able to play a two eye. Um, you got to be able to play a, a ram stance or a two gap stance. Um, your alignment. You got to know
1: when it's run, you know, you get your downs. You can think and run stuff, how you need to align. When you're thinking pass, how you need to align on alignment, what that does to the alignment. The technique you need to use. Not anything is get upfield and get off. get off. Get off. Get off the ball. Get off the rock. Get off the rock. Get off the get. Get off is important, but where am I getting off to? What am I doing when I get
2: off? Right, right. right. And then what's my job? What's your assignment? Go get the quarterback. Okay, great coaching point. Okay, <laughs> go get the guy with the ball. Okay, but well, everybody's supposed to get the guy with the ball. What am I supposed to do? How does this fit? How does the puzzle fit, right? Because everybody's got a job. How does the
1: puzzle fit? So SATA, S-A-T-A, and then E-H-H-F.
0: What sound does that make? Can you e- tell me? E-H-H-F? uh uh-huh. That sounds like F.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you talk to Valmore, just ask him about this. Okay. F, E-H-H-F, F. So when all of us fails, F it. <laughs> yeah. All of fails, F it. E stands for eyes. H stands for hands. H stands for hips and F stands for feet. So you got to see your work, so you use your eyes. You got to
1: attack your work, so you use your hands. You got to beat your work, so you got to pop your hips from your feet. So all it sells, you got to
0: effort, right? Now, can you get away with uh, with with effort with effort at, at Linfield Christian? Is that is that something that I sure get?
1: can because I got the precursor. You are not cursing E H H F. So we talk about it's like a joke, like right? all it and the guys like F it. Turn to look eight hey, there. Not cursing. Again, yeah, we break it down. So I mean I and I break it into them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a little running joke. You know, it's a running yeah, joke and yeah. okay, we're not cursing, but all of sales, it says effort. Catchy, right? Yeah. Buzzword. Yeah. Coaching point. A uh, way for a kid to fix his situation
2: before you if you come to me, Ty on the fifth or sixth play, and you're telling me you're telling me about what did happen, it's too late. Right, something that happened, they didn't score, they didn't got a a field goal or something. I need you to fix it within the series.
1: Yeah, I got to give you some some markers. I need you to fix it. Now it's got reach. Well, I'm playing the shade. How would I get reach? I was too thick. I wasn't aligned right. Man, my left hand was down. I should have had the right hand down. I wasn't keying the V of his neck. I was looking at a stinking middle of his chest. I was looking at something. I shouldn't
2: have been looking there. Right, we have some things, some buzzwords that get you lined up. So I need you to fix it. I need you to be the wide guy. Yeah, so I need you to fix it before you get to me. Yeah, I don't want you to come somewhere. Like, I don't know what happened. Man, you we to play five plays and you don't know what happened. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's where we getting our head kicked in. So, you know that. Um, and then the importance of being a knee bender and being violent with your hands. The use of your hands. You have to have good hand placement. You got to be a striker,
2: man. You you got to you got to bathe here. You got to wash your hands of hot lava and, and charcoal you know, they got to be some, some rods, man. So, um, and I think that's what's missing. Guys don't have great hands. They use them and they're active and they're fast and they throw all these moves, but they're flailing, right? They're not, they're not architects, right? They're not building their yeah. talent, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it, will
0: I think it all goes back to what you were talking about earlier, just about being detail oriented, because everything you're talking about, it gives them a specific system to, to, to know when there is a breakdown. Now, you know where the breakdown occurred and what happened and now you can fix it. But if there's no system, then, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you just give a, uh, give a kid a, a, a bicycle, say, Hey, put this together. There's no directions or anything. It's just, Hey, put this together. Uh, here's a box and, and figure it out. Well, then they don't. They're, there's there's nothing to go off of, and they they have no, you know, basis for what what it's supposed to look like. But when you give them a system, and hey, this is the order in which these things are supposed to occur, and this is how you ultimately achieve what you're wanting to achieve. When they don't get that result, now they can fix it themselves. Uh, and obviously, we still as coaches have to kind of show them that. But I like you know having that everything so detail oriented to where. You know, they're not just flailing their hands, but like you said, those, those are their, their knives, they're, they're a culinary chef with those things. And that's the difference is being detail oriented. You have to be, you have to be, you just flat out have to be
2: the biggest travesty that I see coaches make is you have a really good, really talented football player and he's probably better. You know, let's say it's high school. If you have three horses, three horses on your team, right? Just three dogs, two war daddies
0: likelihood so like the other team you're facing having that many war daddies, in high school football. Yeah, not, not very good. Right. So then you're pretty doggone good
2: instantly, right? Yeah. Your dude's really fast and he's a freak. Okay. How hard does he get pressed in practice to do things right? Because his 80% is better than everybody's 100%, right? Right. Is he getting pushed? Is he getting is he being told
1: run full speed all the time? Is he being told to use the proper technique? You know, get down, bend your knees, strike with your hands, or he busts the kid up, he hits him, blows him up, does it wrong, big hit, and he gets celebrated for that. That that's I mean, I'm calling it like I see it, I'm calling it what we all know. That happens a lot, right? It's yeah. even worse in worse in youth league. If you have one or two on your youth football team, you'll run the game. Right, I've yep. seen the Friday Night Tights. I've seen the Coach Snoop League. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If you get them, if you collect them. I mean, you got the, uh, the, uh, uh, what's his name? My man, uh, Tavion Tavion a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and, and and the other boy that was playing with the Outlaws over there, you know, uh, one with Cali, right? Um, or the little daddy or whatever they had the kid over there and, and uh, out there in the with the with the with the Outlaws team. Yeah, San in that episode. Yeah you know the, the big boys i forgot the school or the, the area but one or two of those cats
2: and you're running the, you're running the table right right and so when they don't feel like practicing what you you tell me what have you seen kid goes and he messes up is he getting is he getting reprimanded and corrected or
1: is it the guy that blocked and then the kid decided to run to the wrong hole and got tackled even
0: though if he'd ran to the correct hole, the hole would have been wide open. Right.
1: Who's getting getting reprimanded?
0: Yeah. It's usually the kid that, that the lesser talented kid. And I think that's where sometimes we allow our, our kids who are extremely talented, their, their, their ability becomes their enemy. You know, they're able to, Uh they're able to skate by on just doing things because they're bigger, faster, stronger, whatever. Uh, and that becomes their enemy because they're saying, why, why do I have to do it the way you're coaching? Cause I just made a, I made a sack, you know, and, and they, they right. might have that one play, but they left the other 10 guys behind them out to dry and it's not always going to happen. Right. So
2: anyway, or you face the guy, right. Um, years ago, the Rams on Montreal, but Rams played Patriots, right? For Super Bowl. uh-huh, Remember that? Yep. Early. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The Rams have the greatest show on turf, right? Yeah.
1: Haze King, Torrey Holt, Isaac Boone. Yeah. They're blazing fast. Like, they're. Oh, yeah. These guys are certified killers. Yeah. Right? I remember watching one game. It might have been Torrey Holt that caught a ball. He beat the DB. Haze King and I and Bruce come running next to him and they start racing to the end zone. Like, they're racing each other yeah. to yeah. the end zone. And it's like the DB doesn't exist. It's like, hello, guys. What about me? Like, you know, he's just yeah. completely deflated. Right. Okay. They're the greatest swan They played a Patriots who, on
2: paper, could not line up and run with those guys three steps, right? Right. But the physicality and the the ability to out execute, they weren't better athletes. That secondary, the Patriots' secondary, were not better athletes than the Rams' receiving core. But the way they performed and how they did it, it nullified the athletic ability and something I learned and kind of put in my little D line Bible coach's Bible technique nullifies speed technique nullifies strength technique plus any one of those makes you good technique plus those two makes you great but the foundation is having good technique no doubt and I think you can be fast yeah you can be fast but if your technique sinks, you run a 4-3, but you run a post at 4-6. And I'm a 4-5 guy all day. Guess what? I'm okay. You run a post curl, and you got to you got to cut and then break
1: down and chop your feet and sink your hips and chop your feet and do all these other movements, and it turns into a 4-7 route because all the movement, and I stay consistent in my 4-5 or stay consistent in my 4-6 and know when to break, when to open, when to stick my foot in the ground. I know to keep my pass down, I'm rushing the passer, and I'm, I'm a six-foot-one guy, and this guy's six six, three ten, and feet like, you know, Bambi. I mean, you know, like feet like a bear, can just, you know, dancing bear, got skill set, can block strong. But if I play with the right leverage and my hands are always inside and I'm getting his wrist and I'm getting his
2: elbow and I'm attacking the edge, I'm making him move his feet, I'm going to beat that six six, you know, 305, 315, 330 guy. Because he's gonna get tired, he's gonna want to lean on me. Because he's a big freak, right? And he's been used to
1: slapping the dogs to out of people and just being massive on guys, right? Until he meets a technician. How does John Randall play in the NFL on d line?
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he he was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and I think that's that's probably what you saw out of Bruce Smith is, and guys, and like like you know Ray Lewis and just those guys who play way beyond their athletic ability. It's because. They were technicians, and, and so their technique allowed them to hang around longer than their athletic ability should have allowed them. Bruce is 42. Yeah. He is yeah. dipping gra- and touching
1: the grass, and he's sacking Brady. Yeah. And a tackle he's facing is 25.
2: This yeah.
1: dude's like 20 years older than the dude he's facing, <laughs> and he's running by him. Yeah. And I'm sitting there in amazement, like, how in the world? Like, Bruce, do that again? Let me see that, Bruce. Talk to me. What are you doing? Ah, oh, this is just a little, this little attack You know, the dude, you know, he was smart. Yeah. we played Baltimore in the preseason and I remember we are on the headset and we are going to win this flea flicker. And Marvin Lewis clicked over and said, do you want to see, So you want to see why did he was one of the best linebackers in the game, best linebacker in the game? I was like, yeah, he goes, watch this play. And we knew what play was coming, right? It was a flea flicker. Danny Werfel was going to throw it to, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Laverne's Coles, right? Laverne's, you know, we're flea flicker, and Laverne's going to take it to the post. Random Ray bites the cheese a little bit, right? He gets sucked up in there, right? And yeah. flicks it back. We're on the forty. I remember watching him bite the cheese about three steps. Boom, boom, boom. I seen him turn, duck, get out and me and and we scored. It was a post and it was like a you know, a two deal or whatever. Yeah. And this Joker was back and almost got his fingertips on the ball. I'll never forget this. And Marvel was like, That is why he is good. He wasn't the biggest, his ability to diagnose and be there right? Um, I'm from the same uh, school in the area as a kid by the name of Sammy Knight. I played with the Saints and
2: had a good run, you know, played at SC. Um, Sammy was the same way. Sammy was extremely smart. Knew where to be. His technique was uh, just impeccable. So your technique is key. Guys will understand how important technique is. Eye discipline, pad level, hip fire, knee bend. Where your toes are inside the framework of your body, outside the
1: framework of your body, where your elbows are, your thumbs—I mean, all these things matter. And you start
2: watching the good ones. That—that—that's that, what—that's what they're good at, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You watch Dion's stance and that—that that, that staggered
1: jump jam stance. Deon Sanders' staggered jump jam stance. If you go back and look at it, you'll never see Dion step in front of himself when he jump jams he comes back to balance. If you go back and look at it, right? You know what I mean?
0: Right, right. No, no doubt. No doubt. But most guys
1: think, oh, my foot's way back there. I'm going to step. I'm going to step at the dude and throw myself and lunge at him. Man, it's all wrong. You're not paying attention, right? Some of your greatest pass rushers have got two moves, man. They got the ace, their counter, and then they got a showstopper, right? They got the little change up. You got your ace, you got your little counter, and then you got your little showstopper, right? You got your little, got that little, that little knuckleball, that little drop-off knuckle, that little anchor
0: you
1: know, that, yeah. little, trick, that yeah. little trick one, but no more than three rush
0: moves. No more. I, I think that's when definitely, they run them, they run them. yeah. Well, yeah, And I think that's definitely something that we as sometimes as, as Pat, as, as defensive line coaches, we can sort of be guilty of is we want to give our guys way too many tools. You know, it's, you, you talk about giving them tools for their toolbox, but you know, it's, it's like you said, three rushes, man, you know, have, have, have a primary move, a counter move off of it. And then maybe something Uh, That's, you know, kind of special that that you break out for certain situations or going against certain people. But other than that, you're just going to end up being a, you know, a a jack of all trades and a master of none.
2: Right. And I think if if you take the time and learn your position, right, you'll recognize that. Not everybody can do this. Not everybody can do that. So you start seeing what guys gravitate to and that becomes their ace, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then what's the counter off that?
1: and then give them a little something that's similar to that so they're not I completely out of the comfort zone, right? Right. It's about paying attention to your to your linemen. Like, each guy's got their stuff, right? Well, I, you know, we, we let our guys go. I teach my guys some things first. So I boom, boom, boom. This is what I want. This is what I want. And then I see how it progresses. And all, but he really likes this. Okay, this is going to be his ace. So let's work on that with him. That's different than Johnny. Johnny has this. Billy has that. Sam
2: has that. But now each one of them has their ace and it's not the same ace, right? Right. Some guys six foot six and he's two seventy, he has a crazy chop. Well, he's probably breaking limbs when he chops. Okay? Reggie White has a crazy hump move, right? That's right. But where was the hump thrown for Reggie White? It was thrown on the outside of the shoulder, right? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Most people don't have Reggie White silver back strands. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if I try to throw that same move and
1: I'm 6'2", to 280, I don't have what Reggie White had. So that, when I hit you on your shoulder, I'm exposing my chest so you can get hand placement and stop me from doing that. So I might need to come under your armpit and throw the same move, right? You know what I mean? So I need to throw it here and get my form up in there and kind of, you know, uh jumpy gathers you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. But uh, the hump is hump, throw the hump move. you gotta understand the, the intricacies of it. Right? It's a speed, the counter move, you know it, it, there's some other
2: things that go into it. So it's learning your players so you can gravitate and then there's there's that once again, they don't care how much they know until they,
1: they you know until they you know how much they care. Or they know how much you care, excuse me. So I got coach tired my coach and Hey Deshaun, you know, you really got a nice speed, you know, you got a nice speed, you know, a speed move or speed rush. Well, have you ever thought about, you know, this on the speed rush? No, coach
2: I haven't. Because every time you get, you know, you get going, you 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 revert to your speed rush. So you must feel comfortable doing that. So let's let's perfect that. And it's high school and it's college. So how many times really do you have to go to your counter if you're killing with the ace? Yeah. Yeah, You're not, not, They're worried not about stopping the ace, when one to just change the pattern on the ace. The ace is ace. I'm just changing the pattern on you. Right.
1: I'll hit you with the gunner and then when I do it, you kinda it's end, it's like, oh that's another move.
2: No, it's just the, it's the addition, it's the it's the run on after this. Right? See so you, you know. Um does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and I, I I think that's right, and I think that it's it's just like anything else, it's you know, you don't have to, 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 to bring a bunch of moves, you know, in your bag with you, maybe just change up the approach. And that's why you see like, where if, if a guy's a really good, you know, a uh, power rusher bull rusher type guy, maybe they throw in a little stutter with it or some sort of head fake to kind of just change it up just a little bit to, to make it where it appears like it's something different, but really it's not. <laughs> I want to just tell you, you know, it, it's been, been awesome talking with you and we've covered a lot of ground and, I could just sit here and and hear uh, stories from uh, about Bruce Smith and and, and pass rush, you know, well on into the night we're on two pretty different time zones here. So uh, it's getting a little later in the evening for me than it is for you. But I do want to make sure we close out with our rapid fire segment. And I'm going to throw you uh, a Mm -hmm. couple of words and you tell me what your preference is. And, and we can talk about it as we go. But I don't think you're going to have any problem with this. But we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw these at you. And, and some will have to do a football and some not so much. But here we go. Are you ready mm-hmm. to do this? Let's do it. Okay, Coach, here's the first one. Head up, nose, or shade?
2: Shade. Like shade, like to put the pressure on the edge of a guy and
0: enforce the issue. All right. right? I like it. I like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three down or four down front?
2: Four down, more possibilities, right? Okay. Three down, you're slanting one way or the other. The twists are limited, and you got to involve a backer
0: or two backers. Okay. What would you rather play on, turf or grass? Ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. Is the grass is dry, and it's like a nice summer day. <laughs> let's it? let's yeah, say it ideal is grass. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I said, yeah, ideal, ideal grass. I like to grass.
1: I like to throw out a little fast track, like a little
0: low cut grass,
1: like a yeah, little like yeah. low
0: cut grass. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's not like, not like Notre Dame grass when USC played them uh, about a decade no, ago, sure. you know, and it was about shin high. No. Yeah. We're not talking about that kind yeah. of stuff. It
1: watered down, um, you know, mud pockets, you yeah, know, yeah. those golden domers, boy, I tell you. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> okay. Here we go. Day game or night game? Night game. Not uh, game during the juice. You got the phone, the atmosphere,
1: Uh, um, none like Friday night life. It was nothing like playing Saturday, Sunday night in the league or Monday night football. And then playing, uh, Ben Hill Griffin at nighttime, you know, playing night game, uh, Orange Bowl. all the
0: great games after the night. Right? You're right. You're right. You're right about that. Okay. Here we go. What would you rather coach? If you could just coach one, what would you rather coach pass rush or, or, or stopping the run? Stop and run, yeah. that hurts, and not everybody's willing to hurt. Well, and and you can't you can't do the other one without that. You can't. You can't. No, you you, you got to earn the right to to rush the passer. So you got to be able to stop the right, run right. Right. You got
1: to you got bloody your knuckles, man. You want right. to know how good you are? Are you willing to dance? Right. That's right. Leonidas, man, the three hundred, you got to fight that wolf. Put your back <laughs> against the wall and let's go
0: to work. That's right. And, and I do have. Go so that's going to bring me to our. We're, we're getting. We're going to get to a movie question here in a little bit because I heard you're a movie buff. But before that. All right, so yes. let's talk about pass rush: speed or power?
1: I like, I like. Oh my
0: goodness. And I know you got to have both, oh. but you, let's say you take a one and
1: and no with, no in your no there. sp- no bag. No, no, no power. There's no power in there. No No power. Yeah. Well, I mean, speed. Yeah. Speed kills. Yeah. Speed
0: kills. And and I think kind of mm-hmm. like what you were talking about. You know, if everything's predicated off speed and, and, and a great ball get off, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have to resort to power, but Uh, Anyway, okay. All right. Now, for for you personally, pregame routine is that? Mm -hmm. Does that involve music or no music? Music. I Um, need my juice. Something from a man, DMX. I got you. Um, the clean version. The clean version. Yeah.
1: Something that's Fight Club music. You know, the three hundred orchestra, three hundred violins. Yeah. Um, ante up. You know. I'm putting some, some stuff there to make you, your get teeth grit and your jaws clenching and your fist knuckle up, your fist ball
0: up. You yeah, know? some ex going to give it to you, DMX or something like oh, that. Oh, my, yeah, 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 talk to Valmore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: He'll
0: tell you. yeah. He'll I, I think on, on Valmore's episode, I, I th- we, we, during this time, we ended up talking, we kind of delved off into just talking about Houston rap, you know, him being a Houston guy and, 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 mm-hmm. you know, whether he got down with that now, as far as like, if he threw that on the playlist now with his guys now and kind of educated them a little bit on it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, he, cause he's a, he's a music guy as well as am I. Okay. You, you, you played DB, you've coached DBs, but, and you've also a coach, been, been a D line coach for a long time. What's harder to get interception or a sack? <laughs> Be do to, to it.
1: Woo, Be to that it. That thing is hard it was a little elusive. Interception, bad ball. Then um, if, if I hit the quarterback and I change the trajectory of the football, right? DB swarms, tip pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's more opportunities to get picks. Sacks are hard to come by, man. That's why them dudes get paid so much. So, right, so that right in that rush in that five tech gets the money, man. That's right. That's the right. The left tackle gets the money. blind
0: Blind side. Would you say that, that that sacks are more exciting than interceptions? Um
1: no, I think an interception is more exciting because what happens after the interception, right? You right. know what I mean? The ability to to break one off, the style of the interception, right? Might be a one handed grab, it might be a, a turnaround, you know, Cam, Chancellor picking one off, you know, Smooth picking one off, champ picking you know, just think about some of the interceptions the guys get. The honey badger, you know, they go do your thing. Oh, yeah.
2: That
0: creates the juice and the excitement because um, you can, you can, you can house one. Yeah. You know, in fact, you're not going to house it. You're not going to get a big return. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Now I, this is uh, mm. I asked, we had a California guy on a couple uh, weeks ago and, and mm. since you've, you, you, since you're a California guy, but you spent some, some time in Texas, I got to ask this. Yeah. Are you familiar with Whataburger? Yes, okay. it's not even close. In and out. In and yeah. out. In and out is your
1: answer. Okay. Out, I'll okay. Water burger. It's cool. In and out is by far. It's in and out all day, six weeks till Sunday. I'll put the in and out double double monster animal style <laughs> four by four. We we can go get it. You know, for the Water Burger, versus the Sonic, versus the Rallies, the White Castle. Heads down, In and Out.
0: All right. Now see, and here I'm going to demonstrate how how we can't handle disagreements in America. I'm not going to all of a sudden coach start calling you names and, and, and hate you and, and discredit everything that you've said mm-hmm. up to this point, even though I disagree with you on this point. Um, <laughs> I,
1: hey,
0: but I do I love, do some, I do love some in and out burger, but I, you know, right. water burger. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta roll a water burger on this one. Hey, but I still, every,
1: yeah, well, i you guys are still learning you guys are still learning out there about the in and out because it's we are out here. So they brought it out there, right? You're right? They haven't perfected the craft yet. Well, catching it out in another year or two.
0: Yeah. Check it out. My, my daughter, she's, <laughs> she's six and they, they had to go to Dallas yesterday and she came back and she said, they mm-hmm. stopped. She said, daddy, we stopped it. Uh, she, she called it inside out burger. But anyway, we stopped the in and out <laughs> burger and she loved it. So, you know, I, I I'm, I'm a little worried about her. We're going to have to go get her some Get her some get water Waterberg soon, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, for this drifts away too far. Okay, here here's your last one. Again, talked about movie buff, and this isn't a choice. You're just going to answer this one. But best mm. sports movie, like 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 best sports movie that comes to mind when you're when you're talking sports movies, and you can give me a few on this because I know it's hard to just pick one.
2: Everybody's All American, Dennis Quaid. Okay. How many know people even know about that movie.
0: I don't. Uh, I got I gotta confess what, I don't know about. Oh, that Oh, you movie. gotta watch it. The ghosts He played
1: at LSU.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: So it's it's back in the sixties. It, it, it's it's amazing. Every because it, it gives it gives the the, the real about the game, right? right? Yeah. So the stardom, the glam, the glitz. This is when segregation and when it was cute right? Like there was there was issues, right? Talks about what I'm not going to give it away. You just got everybody's all American. All right. The stardom and all the things that go with it. That
2: I got to go with the program. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, the program any given Sunday.
0: Right. Really? See, I, I was not program. a fan of any given Sunday. Uh-huh. When, uh-huh. when you got Willie like Beeman reading know, the paper.
2: Well, yeah, well, I think maybe I got, I, I, I'm biased to it because uh, the, the quarterback that got hurt after Dennis Quaid, right? The yeah. quarterback that got hurt and then that got hurt his knee on the table. Yeah. 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 Do, do you have any, do you know who that was? Uh-uh. You rid of Pat O'Hara? Played for the
1: Orlando Predators in the Arena
2: League,
1: uh-huh. and now he's the quarterback in the with the Colts. Okay. So T.O. was our, our, our he was he a backup quarterback to Rodney Peters at SC. Okay. So just watching him and I had a buddy that I played with at, at SC. Made royster, he was in the movie. So maybe it might hit a little different. Yeah, no, I yeah, know. Yeah, For my boys.
0: Yeah, I got you.
1: You know. Now, there's some stuff in there, you know. You look at it, and you're like, man, some of it's a little far fetched, but there's some, there's some true tones in there. And you can see on the other side of it. Oh, though well, the speech,
0: um, uh, the game of inches that Al Pacino gives yeah. before they go out and play their last game. I mean, you know, that, yeah. that's that's awesome. That that part, I, I love that. I, you know, love that 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 speech yeah. that Al Pacino gives when you're when you're kind of trying yeah. to motivate your team. Do you reference movies much when you're motivating your team? Oh my gosh, three hundred
1: if you want the juice, talk about Leonidas becoming a man, right? I
2: even saved the clip um, sent me this clip that he kind of took, you know, when Leonidas says go fight the wolf. Yep. Right. So question for you, how do you open your back against the wall when it's time to do your thing?
1: Yeah. You got to get back against the wall got to put your back against the wall, man. So if he fights the wolf out in the open, he, he's he's wolf he's wolf soup, right? Like he's 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 lunch meat,
2: right? That's right. He puts his, he goes in the cave, he puts his back against the wall. The wolf has a silly notion that this man has set himself up
1: and he drops to the guard because he thinks he has him and that's where that guy was most comfortable. That's where Leonidas was most comfortable. And what happens, he comes back with the wolf coat, wolf shoes, wolf hat, and he's the man. <laughs> Right? That's so, you right. got to learn to put your back against the wall. If I can do it, nobody across from me is willing to go where I'm willing to go. If I like going there and hanging out,
2: right? If I like going to the rough spots and hanging out and leaving my door open and the lights on and tell you to come on in, you're going to think twice about that. You know what I mean? That's
0: right. That's right.
2: I, I, I don't think I want to go in there. That guy's crazy. Well, come on in, check it out. Try it out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Most people aren't built like that. Most people aren't built like that. They don't want to. They don't want to knock on the door. So, uh, you know, the MIs three hundred, three hundred, three hundred. Pre-game, we talk about putting your back against the
0: wall. Solid choice, right there. You can't go wrong with that one. And that's 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 a great choice and a great way to end our our conversation there about getting your back up against the wall and killing the wolf. I think all these guys now are ready to 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 go attack their day now. Well, Coach Burns, thank you so much for for taking some time. And, and I know you've had a had a had a lot going on this week. So I really appreciate. You uh, take some time to, to talk with me and and sharing your, your knowledge and wisdom with us and, and I know that, that that guys listening to this will be better because of it. Awesome. I
1: appreciate it. Whatever you need from me, please don't feel don't don't hesitate to reach out. Want to do it again, you can. I on here. That's that's what it's about, right? That's part of the business. i that's what we're here for to make each other better and help. So
0: let's get it. Thanks again to Coach Burns for bringing the juice today. Loved what he had to say about His coaching style and the lessons he learned from being around guys like Marvin Lewis and Bruce Smith uh, really just a fascinating trajectory that his coaching career has been on. And and I had a lot of fun talking with him. Even though, you know, we do have differing opinions on our fast food burger restaurants of choice, I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, Hey, if you want to follow Coach Burns on Twitter, you can do so at dburns26. And if you want to see Coach in action, You need to check out the show notes of today's episode for a clip of him coaching tackling using the Shadow Man Dummies. uh, You can pick up some great drills and coaching cues in that one. Also, in today's show notes, you will find links to some of the movies or clips that Coach mentioned in our conversation today, including the lion scene from the movie 300 if you guys want to check that out. Also, make sure you are following our show on Twitter at KYPD Podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you feel so inclined, give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And love hearing your feedback about uh, our podcast here. Our quote of the day is this. At the end of the day, all you have is your name and your word. Protect your name and keep your word. And with that, we will put a wrap on this episode of KYPD. And we will be back next week for episode number 70, where we'll be talking with a really bright up-and-coming defensive coordinator from a small college here in Texas. So I'm very excited about that one. Be sure to join us back next week. Until then, control what you can control. Love your neighbor. And if you want to win, Coach Burns, what do they got to do? If
2: you want a chance to win, you got to keep your pass down.